The Green Bay Packers traveled to Minneapolis for the Vikings home opener in the first game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Can they come away with a win in a charged environment? We'll ask John Adias of the Mike Heller Show. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Packers fans, welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game in Minneapolis on Sunday. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. We have John Adias, co-host of the Mike Heller Show in Madison, Wisconsin, syndicated across the state of Wisconsin. John, how are you doing today? Good morning, Brian. What's going on? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us uh, amidst some trying circumstances. Uh, John's at a hotel where the, the car, the, the hotel alarm, fire alarm has been going off. So uh, he's been good enough to give us a, a few minutes here, apparently standing outside the hotel, right? Yeah, um, so if you hear, like, cars driving by, it's because, yes, I'm outside. Because the, the second we were about to start this, like, literally, you're like, you're ready to go? I'm like, let's do it. The, <laughs> the fire alarm went off. And that's happened to me, like, never at a hotel in my life. <laughs> well, you sound good. I don't hear any cars right now, so I think we're good to go. But it, but it's interesting. John here is a Vikings fan. He makes his living talking about Wisconsin sports. John, just... A little, you know, introduction to our listeners who might not know you. Uh, how does that happen? Uh, well, real simple. I mean, Wisconsin and Minnesota are pretty close. You know, they're right next to each other. And I was, I was born in Minnesota, and I grew up a, a Minnesota Vikings fan. I went to college. I started moving, uh, moving east. I went to college at Winona State University in southeastern Minnesota, which led to a radio job in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which led to a radio job in Madison, Wisconsin. So <laughs> I kind of I kind of keep pushing into the state, and you know what I you know why I, I I like it, and I don't know if I mean I never I, I'm not obnoxious about it. I don't think you know I'll get little digs in here or there, especially <laughs> last season winning the division. Um, but I I like it because I think for the show um, for the listeners throughout the state, I think I can sometimes take a step back from the green and gold glasses mm-hmm. and I can kind of say okay but seriously what are we talking about here because I'm obviously close to it and follow it and probably follow it just as much or more nowadays than the Minnesota Vikings but um I think I I think I, I can lend a different perspective uh, a perspective where I can take a step back from some of these uh topics going on with the team and say hey what, what are we really looking at here uh, I think it's great because I, I wouldn't like that held against me. If I were to move to Minneapolis and I was willing to talk Vikings, I, I would hope people would treat me the same way. So I think that's great. Um, but we got a we got a game here to preview, John. Uh, I know a lot has been made this week about who's going to start at quarterback for the Vikings. 
But I want to go back to the trade for Sam Bradford and get your thoughts on whether you think it was worth it or not. You know, when I first saw the news on Twitter, and that's where I saw it, that, that Bradford was going to Minnesota, I thought, Bradford's going to Minnesota. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's good. That's, that's the team saying, we think we have a, a solid you know, team this season that can do good things, so we're going to put our best forward, foot forward. And then I, I saw the details of the trade, and I thought, uh. you know, my bottom line with this trade was it was a desperate trade. There's, there's no doubt about it. They gave up way too much for Sam Bradford. But at the same time, and I, I think it's kind of rare that I can that that I'd say this is you know you're desperate you gave up too much but I like it <laughs> because you are you know because you are desperate and there weren't a lot of options and all you know when Bridgewater went down with the injury the thing I was saying is can they get a guy that throws can they at least replicate or be close to last year's team not saying the result as far as wins and losses would be the same but can they have the same type of team well you need a guy. Um, and this is just going straight off numbers, not you know the intangibles or anything like that, like being a great leader. But can you get a guy that throws 3,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and like 10 picks? And I thought, yeah, that guy's out there. So when I saw Sam Bradford, I thought, not only is can Bradford do that and should do that, but he can do more. And so the potential there, coupled with obviously the loss of Bridgewater, uh, I, I liked the move because I thought it gave them the opportunity to be as good as last year's team, if not better, because this is the best team, the best defense, the best running game that Bradford's ever played under. What are the chances Teddy Bridgewater's career is over? You know, that's a that's a good question. We actually had um, we had an injury expert on. I think he can probably hear the sirens in the background <laughs> at this point. That's all right. It adds to the atmosphere. Oh, they're going to turn right in front of me, of course. <laughs> Oh, boy. I'll try to get out of the siren's way. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, actually. Oh, jeez. Maybe those fire alarms were legit. It, this is a podcast, John. This this might be terrible radio, but, you know, it, for the oh. podcast somehow, I think it's appropriate. Okay. All right, good. They're going around the other side of the building at there this point. There we go. Oh, what was the question? Bridgewater. Okay, we had an injury expert on Will Carroll at injury expert on Twitter. Go follow him. He's he's awesome. He gets you up to date on every injury around any sport that's happening. Um, but you know, he talked about how devastating of a knee injury Teddy Bridgewater had. Like, he put it into perspective, you know, big time for us on the show, and and said that man, he really, at some level, was lucky that personnel was there because things could have gone south i mean he could have lost his leg basically um i think it's a devastating injury i think that's also part of the reason they got a guy like sam bradford is because um they knew he might not just be here for 2016 that bridgewater might not be ready for the start of 2017 so i I think bridgewater's career i i don't know what scale i put it on right now but i definitely think that if you're a Vikings fan or you know a Packers fan interested, obviously in the NFC North and their opponents, I think it's something to keep an eye on. I really do. I, I, I mean, the way Will Carroll, to, you know, told us about this injury, the way he talked about this injury is, you know, we really haven't seen players come. We've seen players come back from torn ACLs. 
but nothing of the devastation that occurred with his knee. We haven't really seen a player come back from that much chaos, that much destruction from his knee. So um, I think it's something to keep in mind that he, he his career may be done. Or, you know, he might be back, but I don't know if he'll ever be the player that everyone thought he could be. Uh, it's too bad. My thoughts go to Teddy Bridgewater, but kind of coming back to Sam Bradford, the Packers this week, they have some injury issues at cornerback with Sam Shields not practicing due to a concussion. That means a bunch of young cornerbacks are going to see a lot of time. But John, I, I think there's a school of thought out there that, you know, the Packers cornerbacks might not be tested heavily because the Vikings will have to lean on Adrian Peterson because Bradford isn't up to speed yet. Do you think that could be the case? Uh, it, yeah, you know, it could be. Uh, it, it could be. I wonder what they feel comfortable. Here's my question. I wonder what they feel comfortable that the coaching staff for the Vikings, what do they feel comfortable letting Sam Bradford do? Because, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater didn't take a lot of chances down the field. If at all, Bridgewater was a, a dink and dunk type of guy, hit you on a slant type of guy, uh, keep a play alive with his legs type of guy. Um, but he, he was never a guy that could or would throw it down the field. So do they, do they implement and slowly work that into the offense this year with Sam Bradford? Because I think Sam Bradford can do that. Do they unveil it right away on week two in his very first game after having, like, what, a couple of weeks to learn the offense? Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think it's going to be all Adrian Peterson and relying on Adrian Peterson. I mean, look, Sean Hill threw the ball quite a bit, I think, against the Tennessee Titans, however you want to characterize that. Now, he wasn't successful finding the end zone um, or really – a lot of receivers at all if you look at completion percentage but I don't think they'll be afraid to throw it so yeah with Sam Shields and that whole concussion ordeal that he's going through I think I don't know what do you I mean I think I think the Vikings will not be afraid to test out their new toy in Sam Bradford and see what he can do I suppose it's not like he's a rookie in the NFL either I mean he's been around the block before so uh, I suppose they're not going to be afraid to air it out. But, you know, kind of on a related note here, getting back to Adrian Peterson, you know, he had a very pedestrian game in week one, and he's now in his 10th year in the NFL. How much worry is there that Peterson's reaching the end of the line? I don't think there is a lot right now. Um, we talked with Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, this past week on the show, and we asked him about the slow start by Peterson. He had the slow start last year, and a lot of people in Minnesota would say, well, it's because he doesn't play in the preseason. That's mm -hmm. why he has a slow start. And uh, Paul Allen, I think, said basically, okay, well, I will never I, – I, if I were the coaches, I would never play him a snap in the preseason. Because, yes, he has a slow start, but he still led the league in rushing. You know, he still ran for about 1,400, 1,500 more yards after week one last year. So um, unless this becomes uh, a pattern of two – or excuse me, three, four, five weeks in a row – uh, then I think there would be some worry. As of right now, I, I don't have any worry that he's he's going to slow down. I mean, we're we're just a year removed from him rushing for 1,500 yards. So um, I, I I think if I'm a Packers fan watching this game, Adrian Peterson to me is still Adrian Peterson. He's still the guy that could bust out a 50-yard run for a touchdown, still the guy that's going to get the ball an awful lot but could draw defenders in and maybe Sam Bradford could – could make some plays 
um, if he's up to speed on the playbook and, you know, in sync with his wide receivers. So I think, I mean, personally, I think Adrian Peterson, I don't think there's any worry yet. Um, just, I mean, he's, he's kind of a freak, right? Uh, um, I, I don't think he's like a normal, you know, 30 year old running back or whatever. I don't think he's, I think he's different. So uh, me personally, I don't, I don't think this is, this is, this is it for Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I can buy that for sure. Uh, John, how, how much do you think the atmosphere of, of playing in the first regular season game at a new stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, how much is that going to impact this game? Uh, from a Vikings perspective or a Packers perspective? Both, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think there's no way in... I mean, I think yes, it's going to it's going to be a factor now. Whether or not that's the first five minutes of the game or not, there's still the question, and I think uh, I think as Aaron Rodgers alluded to it, we still don't know what you know what the acoustics are going to be like in there, right? I mean, there's <laughs> preseason games, but it's never been against the Packers during the season. You know, that's a different type of sound coming from the fans, and mm-hmm. we know that there are going to be reportedly less Packers fans there, obviously because it's the first. Uh, game in Vikings history, regular season game played there. So um, I think it is a factor, but to what degree, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of obviously unknowns about how the crowd will sound. Will it be intimidating? Will I think, I mean, I think if you're a player, I think it's kind of hard not to get hyped for your home opener and to be in a, in a new building and to be on Sunday night football. I think it's hard not to get a little overhyped. Now, obviously, that's coming from a, a dude who doesn't play professional sports, and these guys are are very good at uh, you know performing under pressure. So maybe maybe I'm overhyping that a little bit, but um, I think it it will be a factor early on. Maybe the first five ten minutes of the game, as everyone's you know trying to get the 2016 season in check, and then I think it's an unknown as we go throughout the course of the game and what type of crowd. And obviously the type of game being played factors into what type of crowd you'll hear. But um, I think it will be a factor to what degree. I'm not sure. Can we get a prediction from you for the game on Sunday? Oh, man, I really haven't thought of a prediction yet. Here's here's what I've been thinking all week, though. Okay. I, okay. The Vikings offense the last year and change hasn't been good. Sam Bradford, to me, is the X factor, and can the Vikings offense go from being eh to, oh, okay, not bad. And if they can do that, I, I've always thought, okay, if they can't do that, if the Packers get to 21 to 24 points, they're going to win a close game. You mm-hmm. know, they're, gonna, they're still going to have to stave off some, some Viking pushes, but I think if you get to 21 to 24 points as a Packers fan and you still have that Vikings offense that is what it is if you can score that against that viking defense which is very good um i think you can i think you'll win the game so to me bradford's the x factor so if bradford has what i would consider like oh man what a, that's a good game from sam bradford not saying he's out there being tom brady or anything or aaron Rodgers for mm-hmm. that um then i think that number goes up to about 27 if you can get 27 to 30 you should you should win that game and so when i Think about those two numbers, 21 to 27 to 30-some points. 
I think, can the Packers do that? And then I look at the statistics that Aaron Rodgers historically has put up against Minnesota. Now, once again, I know the defense for the Vikings is a little different than perhaps in, in past seasons, but he torches Minnesota all the time. I've seen it, even when there have been years like, okay, we'll see what happens. No, he'll torch you. So I think the Packers win. I think they get to that 21 to 24 point mark, and I think the Vikings struggle to get to 20 something. Um, of course, with special teams and defense being another X factor, I don't think you're going to get two touchdowns from defense like Minnesota did last week. So I think Packers win 24 17. All right, Packers Nation's going to like that prediction, especially from a Vikings fan. But, uh, John, before we let you go, you're you're in Texas right now. Just just briefly, t- tell our audience what you're doing there. Yeah, so um, not only co-hosting the Mike Keller Show um, in Madison, Milwaukee, and statewide, but uh, once the fall hits, I am the play-by-play voice of Wisconsin volleyball. And then once November hits, I double dip with volleyball and Wisconsin women's basketball. So right now, uh, volleyball is in Texas for the Texas two-step. They'll face Texas A&M uh, tonight in College Station, and then on Sunday they'll face the Longhorns. So pretty good matchups. Wisconsin sixth, A&M is 16th, and then uh, Texas is number two right now. So uh, very good test for the non-conference. So that's what I do. You can listen if you want to. Follow me at John Audius Radio. I'll post the links to listen. Give volleyball a chance is what I'll say. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm doing when I'm not busy with the show. I, I really enjoy volleyball, and I'm a Badgers volleyball fan. Tell me, though, John, is just very briefly here, I'm going to let you go, but is this a national title, title contender? Yeah, oh, yeah. A- yep, absolutely. It's the last year of their setter. Their setter is like a three-time All-American, and they're basically the quarterback of, of the offense. So, yeah, I think so. I think they have been every year the new coach has been here. So, yes. Follow Badger Volleyball and perhaps see a a very deep tournament run. Good. I love to hear it. Thanks, John, so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you giving giving us some time amidst the uh, sirens in the background. Uh, (laughs) Enjoy the games, uh, volleyball games, and enjoy the Packer game on Sunday. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Have me on anytime. All right. Sounds good. John Adias of uh, the Mike Heller Show in Madison, Wisconsin, syndicated across the state of Wisconsin. Thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us this morning as we continue on with the show. Packers News of the Day. All right, we'll get to the game breakdown in just a minute here. But first, a couple news items, which, which kind of lead into the game preview anyway. Uh, the Packers released rookie running back Jarrell Presley on Wednesday a little more than a week after claiming him on waivers from the Vikings of all teams. Uh, You know, to to break this down, I I think you have to think the Packers weren't satisfied with what they saw from Presley, perhaps not because he wasn't good, but because the Packers think they can do better. And, And I don't blame them for releasing a waiver claim so quickly. You know, it hardly hurt the makeup of the roster. Uh, Presley, by the way, was cleared cleared waivers again this time, and now as a free agent, he's eligible to sign with any team he wants. Um, all this being said, though, uh, with a roster spot that remains open, the Packers are a little low on depth at two positions right now on their roster. One of them at running back, where they only have three backs on the roster, two halfbacks, one fullback. 
And at first glance, that kind of seems alarmingly low. But really, it's, it's not as bad as it seems. You know, it's the same situation as last week. You know, Presley was not active, even though he was on the 53-man roster, he was not active on game day, the 46-man game day roster uh, last week in Jacksonville. Uh, Eddie Lacy and James Starks are more than capable of carrying the load. Then you consider the fact that Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery are also capable of playing, you know, running back and, and being more than just a gimmick. And the Packers are fine, I think. Uh, they do, however, need to find a third halfback, you know, in case an injury occurs. And, and that's kind of been up in the air. You know, first there was John Crockett, and, and then he was placed on injured reserve. And then when the Packers, you know, first released their 53-man roster, Brandon Burks was still on it. And then they released him to claim Jarrell Presley. And now they release Presley, and, and they have Don Jackson on the practice squad, but he was released right at the beginning of training camp, so he's barely had any time with the Packers. So, I mean, really, what if what if Eddie Lacy gets hurt, knock on wood? I mean, who's who do they sign now? You know, it, is it Don Jackson? I mean, he's barely had any time. You know, the Packers need to figure that out pretty quickly. <laughs> who, who they're going to try to develop here is the third running back, because he needs to at least, you know, uh, get a crash course in the offense just in case the Packers need them down the road. They're fine for the, as long as everybody's healthy, they're fine. Uh, but, you know, they're one injury away from, from signing somebody to the 53-man roster. Uh, now, the other position where the Packers are low on depth is cornerback, especially if Sam Shields doesn't play with a concussion and after being in the did not practice category and being in the concussion protocol for the past two days, I think it's almost a given that Sam Shields won't play at least this Sunday. I'm I'm not talking about the future yet. We'll 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 worry about that next week. I'm just worried about this Vikings game right now. You know, then you consider rookie cornerback Josh Hawkins hasn't practiced in two weeks with a pulled hamstring and Dimitri Goodson is suspended. So the Packers only have three true cornerbacks healthy for the Sunday's game. And they're all in just their second year in the NFL. Uh, you know, they're Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, and Ladarius Gunter. And, you know, in another minor note here, uh, you may have heard the Packers moved Herb Waters from wide receiver to cornerback on the practice squad. Uh, you know, he, he was in training camp. He was a receiver the whole time and a rookie. And this move is fine. Uh, they obviously like Waters' athleticism, but just maybe don't think he can make it at wide receiver. Um, plus, the Packers have already had success converting one former Miami receiver to cornerback in Sam Shields. Uh, so he should provide a good mentor. Um, but, but Waters, you know, isn't ready yet to step in and help out in a pinch. You know, he, he's just learning the basics of the cornerback position right now. Now, certainly Micah Hyde can play cornerback and he essentially does in the slot. But I wonder if the Packers are thinking of using their open roster spot on a cornerback. Uh, two guys I can think of are Robertson Daniel and Warren Gatewood, both of whom are free agents after being released by the team in training camp. 
Um, those are, I'm just saying they're options available to the Packers. If they really think they need an extra cornerback this week on the roster, they, they can sign one of those guys. But, you know, I, I thought maybe the Packers would put a claim on Kavari Russell, who was recent, re, recently released by the Chiefs. But again, he, he's probably not a guy that can even come in in a pinch, you know, not knowing any, anything about the Packers schemes. Uh, and he ended up being claimed by the the Bengals anyway. But I wonder how much the the Packers considered putting a claim on, on him. Uh, but it's a moot point now. So we we wait and see with what the Packers will do with that final roster spot. Um, but but as far as the game goes, uh, you know, I th- I think the Packers can get by for at least this week being low on cornerback depth. You know, if especially considering if, if Shields come back or or Hawkins comes back or maybe they just wait till Goodson is is not suspended anymore and they got to get by a few weeks. Um, but breaking down this game, uh, this Vikings offense I think is taking steps backwards I, I, compared to last year. Maybe they're taking step forwards compared to immediately following the. The uh, uh, the Teddy Bridgewater injury, but you know if, if the Tennessee Titans can contain Adrian Peterson, then I think the Packers can keep him from going off. You know, just just preventing Adrian Peterson from being that guy who you know has gained 150 yards against them in seasons past. He, I I may I you know maybe Adrian Peterson isn't over like we just talked about with John Adias, but. Um, you know, I, I don't think he can, I think the pack, you know, that their offensive line in Minnesota is struggling. They got a new quarterback. I just think they can prevent Peterson from, from going off and, and, you know, uh, keeping him in check. And, and then Sam Bradford in his first start in Minnesota, you know, I, he's not going to go hog wild either. Maybe, Maybe he's a, a pleasant surprise considering the circumstances, but I think that that's like best case scenario is like pleasant surprise. So, so I look for the Packers defense to to really do well this game. I, I think you know put a little pressure on Sam Bradford and he can get get rattled. And hey, the the Packers run defense was fantastic in Week One. And if they can just do the same thing, uh, you know, the the Packers are really healthy in their defensive front seven. Uh, you know, they're, you kind of think, oh, they're an injury away on the defensive line from having depth issues there too. Uh, but as long as they're healthy, they're fine. So I think they can contain Adrian Peterson. Uh, so that, that, that part isn't really worrying me. On the other side of the football, uh, it's like Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com said on the show on Wednesday, the Vikings are tough up the middle, and I really agree with them. Uh, defensive lineman Linval Joseph, linebacker Eric Kendricks, safety Harrison Smith. Uh, so I think the Packers will test the Vikings on the perimeter, and, and that's not going to be easy. You know, in the run game, Eddie Lacy and James Starks, they're more suited to running plays between the tackles. Uh, but they're going to have to have, you know, they're going to have to run a few stretch plays. And that'll be a key to the game, I think, is how well these guys do outside the tackles. Uh, and maybe they try to get the ball in the hands of the running backs 
a little more on screen passes to the outside than usual. Uh, both, both Lacey and Starks for that matter. So uh, I think that's big. And, and then in the passing game, I, I think the Packers, and I think this is really where, you know, the difference in the game is going to be. I think the Packers will build off their performance in the passing game last week, which was, you know, just good enough to win. It, it was good, but not far from great. Uh, but but I think they take a step forward with Jordy Nelson being a week stronger. The, you know, there's that Jordy Nelson, if there was any doubt in his mind about him holding up week one, I, I think he can put that behind him. He took some hits. Uh, he caught a touchdown. You know, maybe the doubt is gone there. And, and, Devont, and Devontae Adams kind of using that confidence-building touchdown to do even better things. Um, and if they get Jared Cook more involved this week, all the better. And hey, if they can get a safety focusing on Cook, I think that's only going to open things up for for Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb, and maybe you get um, you know Ty Montgomery and, and Jared Aberderis even a little more involved, perhaps uh, in, in a baby step fashion. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I see this as being a low-scoring game. In fact, if, if you want the gambling bet for this game, I think the best bet is the under, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm going really low-scoring this game just because I think that uh, I think the defenses are going to be the best units on the field for, for both both sides of the football. Um so, so my my game prediction here, and this this might shock some people for for this low of a score. I'm going Packers winning, but I'm going 17-14. Yeah, both teams being kept under 20 points. Um, but I, I I think the Packers, you know, 17 points. That's three scoring drives. I think they can go on more scoring drives than the Vikings here. Um, and I, I just really, I see the Packers defense keeping the Vikings in check. And so, yeah, go with the under here. I think that's the best play, uh, but I do have the Packers coming out on top. So, and going to 2-0 and on the season. So, there you go. Be happy with that prediction. John Adias predicted the Packers to win. I predicted the Packers to win. Uh, so, enjoy that. The day ahead. All right, so it's Friday. Mike McCarthy holds his final press conference of the week Friday at 9.30 a.m. Central Time, so just minutes away if you're listening to the live edition of the show. That'll be streamed live on Packers.com. Uh, so that'll be the last chance to hear from the head coach before Sunday's game. And then later in the day, the Packers will release their final injury report of the the week along with game day projections. You know, I'm not sure we're going to see any surprises, but we'll wait for the official word. I I think the biggest name everybody's wondering about is Sam Shields, but I would be greatly surprised if Sam Shields plays this week or, or is listed as anything but, you know, doubtful at the best. Uh, on the injury report. In fact, they just might say he's out this week. Um, it, you know, there's there's a, a glimmer of hope with some other guys on the roster, guys like uh, Chris Banjo and J. Ron Elliott, who have not practiced yet this week, but who knows, maybe they could keep that door open for, for these guys for another day, uh, just being like, hey, if they practice in the final practice of the week, they may be able to play. 
Um, but I doubt that as well. Um, so that's where the Packers are at with their on the injury front. Good news that wide receiver Trevor Davis is apparently making progress. He's been practicing this week. Um, you know, I just being a rookie, I doubt he's going to play. But it, good to see him healthy and out there and practicing, though. So maybe he can make an impact down the road. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, uh, final injury report of the week on Friday. Then on Saturday, the Packers are going to host a pep rally in enemy territory at the Poorhouse in Minneapolis at 6 o'clock p.m. That's on 5th Street. Uh, former Packers Craig Newsom and Jim Carter will be in attendance. There will be giveaways and a Q&A with Larry McCarron and a game preview. Uh, so for you fans in the Twin Cities or going to the Twin Cities, go take advantage of that. Have fun on Saturday. The game is on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The national radio broadcast is on Westwood One and, of course, regionally on the Packers Radio Network. And the only official way to stream the game is with a subscription to NFL Game Pass. So... Enjoy the game, folks. Uh, enjoy the weekend. That'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you so much to Jen Adias for joining us here on the show on a Friday and previewing the game. Uh, good to see, uh, good to get the game, uh, uh, Vikings perspective on the game. I thought that was interesting. So glad to have him. And um, we'll see you later, folks. My call to action is always as usual. If you're not done so already please give us a rating and a review on itunes it's the one small thing we ask this show is free of charge no subscription no paywall so if you could do us a solid uh head to uh itunes search cheesehead tv it'll pop right up uh give us that five star rating and a brief little review doesn't have to be anything long uh we'd greatly appreciate it because it helps get word out about the show and by the way we're we're over 200 reviews now most of any Packers podcast I've seen on the internet uh, by far. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Railbird Nation, for doing that. Um, have a good weekend, folks. Enjoy the game. We'll recap it here on Monday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later on the day. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiruvu. Uh I leave you today with a song called All My Life by DJ Harry on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go, Pat, go.